Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I said that a little weird. What? But going on anyway. <laughs> I am the candle maker of this episode. Andrew, with me, our weirdo, Keith. Hello. And of course, with us, our slow mo, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, Keith, of course, wanted to play a roguelike, so he picked for us Tainted Grail Conquest. Conquest. I thought it was weird that this game, you know, had colon conquest, but after Googling it, I did find out that this actually originally was a board game. So there is Tainted Grail, I think it was called the Kingdom of Avalon or something like that. That is actually the board game version of this. But Tainted Grail Conquest is a deck building roguelike RPG game where you are playing a survivor who is exploring what's known as the weirdness. It is this fog that has swept through the area and has essentially either killed people, tainted people, or just have trapped people within time. It is, as the name says, does something kind of weird. And so it's you have taken it upon yourself to go around and try to rescue citizens to come back to your village. So going around, Liz, I really want to know from you, was this a game or pass for you? This is a game for me. I had trouble this week because, you know, one, I wasn't, I was reading a good book, you know, I had trouble getting into a game. But I felt like a weird pressure with this game that I put upon myself. (laughs) And so like with games like Slay the Spire, I feel like it's just like easy breezy. But I feel like whenever I play like this type of game at the beginning, I feel like a pressure, you know. And I just, they just stayed with me, but I actually really did enjoy it. There were some classes that I played that I liked a lot more. And I love that, you know, some of the things that you're getting along the way stays with you. So it's not like you're just completely starting over. And um, I, I enjoyed it. I also like, for me, I felt like the story and the people that you're meeting along the way, that's what really kept me going and really made it uh, unique. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, it's you're just running around killing, then you die and start over. It's like, no, I was excited to interact with NPCs. So, I mean, as Andrew said, I picked it. It's a roguelike. <laughs> so I think it goes without saying that it's a game for me because I think it has, like, I don't know a roguelike that I've actually given a pass on. There might have been a couple. But I think just by nature, I just, I That's like a good them. good question. Um but but this also actually is really a definite game for me. I just I there's something about it that I really really enjoyed, and there's nothing genre breaking. It, there's it doesn't do anything like wowing really. But there's something about it that I just it just drew me in, and I I, I really enjoy playing it. So yeah, it's it's a definite game for me. So for me, it, this is a game as well. Uh, it's not a definite game for me because at the moment I was running into quite a bit of bugs that would force me to essentially restart my game. Luckily this game does a good job saving like mid fight. So I never really lost any progress, but it was just really annoying to kind of deal with this. There was a couple times where the bug kept reoccurring and I literally had to find like a cheese way to win the fight to just progress because it actually would have stopped my run. What bug? I didn't find any. So what would happen? We're starting uh, it was a lot of bug segment early. I like this. It was uh, it was like interface bugs. So there was like one time I had a card that let me pick like like search my deck for another specific card, and it wouldn't let me accept the card though. But I could still like end my turn, but I couldn't play any cards. So I had this interface stuck on my screen, but couldn't actually play anything. I could just oh. end my turn. 
continuously, but it wouldn't do anything. Yeah. And there was a couple times too, where my character would freeze and it wouldn't, even though I ended my turn, so I'd have no cards in my hand and everyone would just be standing there and the game would just kind of like essentially freeze. I did actually have that happen to me one time that I remember. Unfortunately, I was able to just close out of the game and it just restarted the fight and it worked. Um, but yeah, I did run into that one time. But so I, I don't know if this is a bug, so maybe I'm a little early, but so, so here's an interesting thing I found and maybe it's something to do with my TV or whatever. So I actually, I have... As you know, I have my Series X now. Yay me. I haven't set Congrats, it up yet. Finally. But that's You still haven't set it up? You've had it for like a week. <laughs> a little less than. But that's Oh my god. That's that's not the the moral of the story. The moral of the story is that I've been playing on my on my One X still and I've been cloud playing it. So I was like, this game can't be that big. I should just install it. I installed it and it runs worse installed on my on my Xbox. And if you're playing on a One X, it, I'd be curious if you play this. Try downloading it and let me know if you had the same issues. But it, it caps it at 1080p, which is fine. But it was like super jittery. And so huh. I just uninstalled it and ran it on the 4K by <laughs> streaming it on the Series X via cloud. And it ran perfectly buttery smooth. So That's weird. Yeah, it was a weird thing. But yeah, so... Yeah, I interrupted you. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say real quick too, like, if you were someone who loves Slay the Spire... Or Monster Train, two games that we covered. Which, by the way, Monster Train actually has one of our lowest listeners li- like listens to. Check that episode out. That game was fantastic. It's kind of sad that people haven't checked it out. But anyway, this game is very similar to that. They take a lot of same elements from those games. Which, that's why Liz, I kept telling you, like, play this game. You're going to love it. Because Liz just recently started playing Slay the Spire again. And you were, like, hooked on it. So I was like, check this game out. You're going to like it. It's a really nice car ride. Like, if you have, like, a long trip you got to do, Slay the Spire. Just nice to, to play. Yeah, so I thought you would, like, fall in love with this game. But then you're playing it and you're like, meh. Uh, I got to play this. And it's like, ugh, okay. But anyway, getting into the story of Tainted Grail. Uh, actually, I did forget to mention, so Tainted Grail is done by Awaken Realms Digital. Gotta give credit to the studio, I forgot to do that at the beginning. But in Tainted Grail Conquest, as I said, you are playing this no-name survivor. This takes place during the Arthurian era, so there's a lot of mentions to King Arthur, Merlin, some of the Knights of the Round Table. But you are on this island that's off of, I guess, Britain? They don't really say. They just say that you're on a boat and you went to an island. So I guess you're probably off of Britain. But this island end up getting gets enveloped by this fog called the weirdness and starts weird things start happening. But you end up finding this statue that removes the weirdness. And you are hired by death himself to essentially go around and rescue citizens. And as you're doing it, you're learning all these different stories. And there actually is an overall story as well. And I want to know, did the story drive you guys at all? Uh, no, <laughs> but <laughs> not even the side stories. It's, it's a lot of dialogue. There's a, there's a lot of it. There's a lot. I would say a lot. When you get into the conversations with the NPCs, there's, there's kind of a lot. And it's like five pages. That's not a lot for like an RPG. It, it is. And you can skip through it, but there something that is a, a nice touch to it, but it's all voice acted. And it's actually, oh, yeah. it, we won't get into that yet, but but it's voice acted. And so it can, I don't know, it, I I thought it was interesting and I like that it had it almost Hades style. I appreciate 
roguelikes that do it. I I never am going to fault them for it. It just it wasn't what drove me. The gameplay is what really drove me at the end of the day. I, was, I just wanted to do more gameplay than involve myself in the story. I, I would kind of skim through them. Um, get an idea of like because you have certain points where you make choices and i think it actually not drastically but i think it can change outcomes i'm not entirely sure i don't think like I, I, if it is i don't think it's drastic yeah like, I, I don't think there's a way you can lock yourself tips. out yeah i don't think you can get locked out of anything but i think i think there is slight shifts in at least the dialogue that you can get um so yeah, I don't know. I, there were some aspects to it, and like different things can happen, and you might have to like redo certain cuts, like, or you might have to find a character again if you don't do the right, choose the right choice the first time. But overall, for me, it was it was the gameplay was what I cared most about. See, I I did like the gameplay, but for me, I was more interested in the stories, and I like that a lot of the characters that you meet along the way, like the the candle maker, has someone that he's looking for. And all the people are connected and you're exchanging items. And uh, I also like that you're like tested a lot. You know, they're, you have to make these decisions. And sometimes the right, I, I don't think I've made the wrong choice yet. But usually if you make the right choice, then the person trusts you. And then you will meet them along the way during another run. And it keeps going. And sometimes you need something in order for that story to progress. And you're like, crap, I should really focus on like if I see the hunting grounds actually getting food in case I run into this guy. And I also like there were some stories that were just so interesting, like the ghost. and Which the, one? There's a lot of ghosts. <laughs> the ghost that ends up a villager. Oh, the like villager he is ghost. Okay. Ghost. Like, oh, I didn't know if you were talking about Silence, the who is also kind of a ghost. Yeah, I just he was called he's called ghost. I don't think like, she don't said know. the ghost. I think she said ghost because his name okay. is ghost. I, I um, I'm saying I agree with you, Liz. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. I didn't know because I literally just got him like five minutes ago, so I didn't realize his name actually was just called ghost. Yeah, that surprised me because <laughs> I yeah I put less time in and I got him before a couple of the other people in the village and. He was the one villager I could not find. Then I saw you get him. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, oh, so that's how I get him. Yeah, I could have looked him up online. How you got him? Like you go into this tavern and there's this guy keeping people alive by playing cards. And there's another guy that is like a part of a fire. And isn't it because he has guilt or something? Like there's so many different like stories of these people. And I'm like, I need to know more. Yeah, I agree with you, Liz. I actually thought the side stories were cool. The overall story I thought was just okay. Because I got to the point where you fight the final boss or see who the final boss is. And when the story kind of played out there, it was just kind of like, eh, it, it just, it, it was a means to an end of just, cause obviously it can't be like you won game over. Of course the story is going to have some sort of element of like, no, you need to keep going back and keep playing more and more. So I was just kind of disappointed in that like climax of the story. But I do like when you finish a run, the game kind of shows you these three different panels explaining like, this is how you get a hundred percent in the game. You know, you have gotten six out of the eight villagers. You have fought the final boss. You have saved like 13 NPCs that are lost in the weirdness. So it has like these set goals for you to actually get 100%, which I liked. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought the side stories were really interesting. And as Keith said, everything's voice acted. So some of these characters I thought were really cool. Some of them are like incredibly grotesque. And so it's just like, oh, what's going on here? Can you look up more about the different, what are the, is it classes? The, the players that you can play? What do you mean? Look them up, like, like online. Look up like their, yeah, their their characters. 
Are they not really characters? No, I I know what you're talking about. Not a bestiary, but oh, uh, but for your class, like find out more about them. So you have the necromancer, berserker, zealot, blood mage, the weird hunter, summoner, like all those guys. There's a couple more, but yeah, when you play, when you select one, you have a character panel that shows your current character stats and everything like that. But also before you select a character, it tells you what their starting HP is, what their base damage is, what their passive is. But they're not like an actual character is when I'm when asking. No, because you created your character at the beginning. So there's a character creator at the beginning of this game, and that is supposed to be your character that can uh, that is essentially changing roles. But it... <laughs> no, I, I, I think I get but what like, you're instance, asking, like, Liz. Yeah, like blood mages. Like, there's that, like it's... Yeah, like, like more about blood mages like more history. Find out about? Yeah, yeah, about their class as a whole. And like it does give you like there's like one tiny little paragraph there. Like yeah, again when I you go to select it. them, but I I don't know if there's anywhere that you can like find out like more maybe online because of the fact that this is also a board game or based on a board game, there's a very good chance that there's a lot more lore online. Is that is that what you're looking for, Liz? Yeah. Like yeah, lore that's on them? What I meant. Yeah, so like I I would bet you could, but not in the game that I'm aware of. Yeah, I see. I was always confused because when I was playing the game, you're collecting currency for the various NPCs I have in your village. And I noticed it kept saying journal page entry or like journal page added. And I was like, oh, okay, so there is a journal. But I tried looking for it. I couldn't find it. Come to find out that journal pages were just currency you give to Ghost. So I was just like, oh, okay. So I guess there actually isn't a journal. (laughs) And not that I saw, no. I think it just, yeah. it's, I mean, it's on the idea that you you get them every time you face something that you haven't faced or like a new skill or something like that, or like passive ability that you haven't had before. Like, but overall, no, I don't, I don't think there was anything within the game that you could look that stuff up. I think it was all just, you got it as you got the dialogue in the storyline. I also think that like, now that you brought it up, the looking up mechanics in this game, like I just did not think were fluid. Like when yeah, you have yeah. to hold left trigger, then point to it, then let go of left trigger. And then the map was just kind of like, like just even walking around the map. I was just like, I don't know what these people are playing at. Like <laughs> I can't, I stepped a little bit too far to the left. So it pushed me onto the path. It's like, why can't I just walk around? You know, I just, and so I thought the map was kind of useless. It's like, I can see everything in the distance. Like, this is a game that I feel like I don't need. Unless you're, unless you get the map thing where you can, like, find NPCs. But overall, I just felt like figuring out, like, where everything was to look stuff up was just, like, not done very. No, I agree. The interface is pretty awful in this game. I didn't want to say bad, but I was like, no, how do I say I, bad I do agree with bad. you. It is pretty bad. Because this game definitely is more, I think, designed for PC. Because even to, like in Slee of the Spire, like, when people are having buffs and stuff like that. There's an icon there. And so playing on console, it's kind of difficult to figure out how to like select it. Cause even when you're mid battle and you're trying to like go over an enemy to see what they're doing or what move they're about to do or buff they have, like there's no icon to tell you where your cursor is. So you're just kind of blindly pushing up and hoping that a dialogue bar will appear to figure out where you are. It's yeah, it's not intuitive. Yeah. About the best thing that I figured out, that to answer that and i think is what you were saying is that it um, hitting up on the left stick would get you into where you could like start looking at enemies and you know companions or yourself or whatever but it's 
it is the hardest part of it for sure. I, when it comes to the overall gameplay, I would have loved a much smoother system for being able yeah. to be like, look at the, the enemy's weaknesses and do all these things. Now, the one thing about it that I liked is you didn't need to overall. Like it was helpful at times. No, some know. of them you really needed to really like when you're fighting, when you're fighting a boss or a treasure guardian, like they have unique abilities and like things are going on and it's like, Oh, like they summon enemies, but the enemies are not quite their allies. Like it's weird. Like you have to like read what they're doing and what their move sets are to kind of figure well, it out. I think it depends on who you're playing. So there are some characters where you really need to know like who to kill first. But there were some people that I was playing that they either hit random or they hit all the enemies. So it didn't really matter what their abilities were or anything because I didn't have any control over it. But if you had a, a character that you were playing that you could actually like pick the enemy, that's when I really paid close attention. Well, so there's there's two things I guess there that I, that hit me is that first of all is the the overall gameplay does not really do a good job of explaining any mechanics to you. The, oh yeah, there's no Tutorial point kind of where it's like, hey, here's a new feature, here's something you should know about it. None of that is explained. It is all trial and error. So by the like by the hitbox icons, there's or uh, damage counters. It tells you like the type of attack they're going to do. And so like it, I think it was like the three lines. It looked like a claw mark. That meant it was a cleaving attack, which meant it was going to hit all enemies. But they don't explain that to you anywhere. You just yep. kind of figure it out over time or you don't. But like, I, yeah, I just figured that out one time. Um, but I, I really think overall when it came to the difficulty of the game is I got, I got to difficulty two and I should have beat the run. Don't necessarily know that I want to talk about that run. It made me very sad, <laughs> but I, I, I could at least beat difficulty two, which in some roguelikes getting past the first one can be almost impossible sometimes. So yeah. I, I just think overall the difficulty allowed you to get away with not paying super focus to those special skills but 100 percent, you're right they are extremely helpful i will say that yeah like i've put like 18 hours in this game and i just learned did you know you could actually before you engage in a fight you can see how many enemies are like within that encounter mm -hmm. yeah i did just realize that if you perfectly center the camera and have the enemies directly in the middle of the camera It'll show how many enemies uh, are in that I party. I think if you hold the right trigger too, it'll give you a little bit of broader range. Yeah, because that I was say I didn't know that. Yeah, that was I. I never remember, but I played around with it a lot, and I would kind of figure it out sometimes. But then I just went, eh, I don't really care. Another thing, and I don't know if this is a bug or not, but in some cases, if there was an NPC in a circle with an enemy, you could sneak up behind and like talk to the NPC yep, without even I've doing the fight. So that's that's kind of a fun tip for you if you're trying to avoid fights, but you might want to engage with an NPC. Maybe try sneaking around. I kind of wish that you could sneak up on people. Like in Operencia, like you would get the upper hand if you snuck up on them. Because there were times I was just like, I, I wish I was being sneaky right now. I, I, th I, also I think so. I think that would have been a cool feature. I think one of the only reasons it doesn't is because there's no mechanic for going first or last. You just always mm -hmm. go first. But I don't know. I would have liked That's it. True. I also wanted to point out that you just said you played 18 hours and you just got the ghost. So the 
it's the blacksmith, right? That has the runes. Yeah. The rune stones. And so like he makes it so that you can open up like a, another weapon slot and stuff. And so for me, it's just like Andrew went without that. And like, cause you can trade currency with the ghost. That's the only way I've been able to find the stuff to use that. So for me, I'm just like, I can't believe that you went that whole time without him. I mean, I'm just good. I got to difficulty <laughs> four with no issues. Dang. I, I did not find this game that difficult. I guess it is one thing that's nice. Uh, I mean, if you play kind of like me, I didn't find it too challenging. So I don't know what the max difficulty is that you can go, but I do at least like this game kind of progresses with it. Uh, and so, yeah, I find this, the game to be very forgiving as key said, you know, if you're not doing too well, you can avoid fights. You have a kind of an open map. I mean, you know, obviously you got to fight the end stage bosses of each area, but that's, you can kind of limit your encounters if you want. But I, I enjoyed, I loved playing this game. Like the, the actual core gameplay was a ton of fun. Just the interface is rough. But I loved the different classes. There's up to 12 classes you can pick. Uh, well, nine. Right? Oh. Yeah, wait. there's. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay, there's yeah, three nine. classes with three each. Oh, yeah, there's technically yeah, three classes. You have an archer, uh, like a warrior, and a mage. And then, of course, they have like three subclasses each. So yeah, you have your archer, but then there's like a variation where, you know, the guy wants to shoot a ton of arrows, but then this class might only want to shoot one arrow at a time. Same with like the warrior. You have a, the berserker who wants to take damage because he does more damage or the pathfinder who wants to avoid damage. So I, they're really interesting. They're still kind of similar, but very unique in their own ways. There's one I wanted to give up on. <laughs> and um, I'm currently playing them now. I, I and I think it's your farthest, right? Them. No, no, the, uh, the summoner I did the furthest with it. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to give up because I was, I just didn't, like it was playing differently and I wasn't utilizing the, what is the X? Your ultimate. Oh, you keep I forgetting always, you have an ultimate ability. I always do. And I also didn't want to get rid of a character because with this one's ultimate, like you get rid of a character, but it would actually be like really beneficial. So for me, and also like, Switching between the characters, like, it is, even, like, blocking is so different, where some, if you don't have people taking damage for you, like, you have, like, one block, which is one hit. Even if they hit you for, like, 20, it's, like, one block is fine, versus, like, other ones, it's actually, like, the exact number, so they're going to hit for, like, 56, they're going to hit you for 56. So it's so weird, like, going through the different, you know, cards and stuff. It's a bit overwhelming, I feel like Andrew was just constantly playing Apex and Yellow would be like, babe, <laughs> I know. what does this card do? I feel like a lot of games you play, I feel like I need to put sticky notes on the TV screen, like pointing like, babe, this is your ultimate. Whenever it's full, make sure you use it. Or like, <laughs> look at this area. This is your health. Like, I feel like I need to put sticky notes when I'm I playing know. a game. And I will say one thing that like, cause I did, I'm the type of person that like I, so I do have an eye doctor's appointment this month. It takes a long time to get them right now. But <laughs> so very important for me. I, I hope you also have very, hot eyes, Liz. <laughs> you have hot teeth. Maybe you have hot, hot eyes too. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but it's so much reading with this game. I'm kind of blind and I'm like squinting. And like I also, which is weird because I watch TV with subtitles, but it was just like I felt like it was a lot with this game. <laughs> I, I, I do agree. Some of, the, some of the text is a little small. Yeah, I was going to say, I think to Andrew's point of this being probably best played on a PC is, at the very least, on a monitor. Um, whether you play with a controller or you play with keyboard and mouse, it's it's more than serviceable, even if it's not great with a controller. You can do it that way. But I think a monitor would be best because there is just a lot of really small icons that you can see them, but 
it would just be nice to not have to squint at them a little bit because they're so small in some cases. I think the text is all really fine, but it, I mean, I'm getting older now. I wouldn't mind it being a little larger, but I, I think <laughs> I think overall it was fine. It just it's it's probably best on a monitor. Yeah, I did a good amount actually on CloudPlay. Oh so, yeah, I, would I, see I didn't have too much of an issue. But granted, for me, I already played enough of this game that I didn't need to be looking up things. So I, I guess I can't say that I had a hard time seeing because I kind of knew what things were saying and what things were doing. So I could just play naturally. Yeah, like Slay the Spire. It's that. It's one of the things that I like about this this style of turn-based card games is that once you start to really know the cards and you know the, the class you're playing with, you you don't really read cards anymore. You just play by icon and it just becomes like the smooth, fluid game. And that's just something I enjoy so much about it is it's, it's slow and it's easy. I can put my controller down and take a sip of my drink or walk away from it for two minutes, stress-free. But it's it's very fluid at the same time. Yeah. What was your guys' favorite classes? That's a hard I like one. The summoning ones, where I had like the golem and the worm. And so you just like the basic summoner. Um, the one I'm playing now, I'm playing the blood mage now. Yep. Yeah, I like I like them too. I I hated the blood mage at first, but I feel like whenever I start getting into a character the first i think the only one that i was really just like mad about was the weird hunter but i don't think i put enough time into him that i feel like the longer that i play i'm like i just love this character i don't want to do another one and then i switch and it's like the same process over and over again yeah it's so i i i really honestly played a lot of them a lot um I, I think I, I think I put like close to thirty hours in this game. Oh my gosh, Keith! There might I have, mean, you've been playing this for like two or three weeks, haven't you? Yeah, I I, I think I played it from day one uh, when it came out. So I've been, I like I I've been playing this a lot, and so I've played just the heck out of every character. I just haven't played a lot of difficulty differences, so I haven't gone up as much there. But as far as the classes go, I like them all, and. But I would say of the three, so of the summoners, I actually like just the the plain basic summoner the most. Um, I think the Blood Mage is, is just a weird, like you you kind of have to get into the game to start getting lifesteal because you don't really gain a lot of health back very easily while you give up a lot of health. And then the other one, what's the other summoner? Necromancer. The Necromancer. I didn't, I didn't care for him. The Necromancer is just a bit confusing. Once I started yeah. to understand how it worked a little bit more, it's kind of a fun concept because your your minions are attacking you, but you want them to attack you, but you can also just load up on barrier and it's it's they're kind of a lot of fun. But I I, I think the summoner was my favorite. I liked the Pathfinder the most, but also the Berserker. If you got the right RNG, all of these classes could just be a lot of fun. And I think that's the big thing about it. Um the the one I actually did like the least though was the archer that did the that relied on the card flips, because it just oh yeah the he was annoying the ultimate ability wasn't that good it it could be good again with some RNG but overall it it was kind of just boring I didn't care for a lot of the archer classes the only one I liked the apostate I think he was yeah he basically was like trying not to shoot but when he shot it was super lethal. He, I actually want to run with him the first time I tried. I actually enjoyed him, but I love the Berserker. 
the berserker i thought was just a ton of fun to play because you're you're always trying to play a fine line of being like less than 25 percent health because then you're getting like extra energy playing more cards and he was just a ton of fun and then the pathfinder he was the other warrior class where his whole thing was to not take damage and if you could not take damage your damage just ramped up so quick and he was a ton of fun but i agree liz i did not like the weird hunter i played him actually probably the most because when I first started this game, I was like, oh, I'm not going to switch classes until I lock like all the cards and everything for a class. But there's each class has a significant amount of cards and passives you can get. And so I did like four or five runs with him, and I could only get past like stage two. And See, I was I like, no, this guy's dumb. I didn't play a lot with him. I think with the Blood Mage, because this is like my first go with the Blood Mage, I got extra Golem cards. And so for me, like I just like kill the Golem to get health. Because I hated it at first where I saw like my health dwindling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I just kind of came up with like my own method. Oh, yeah. You hate but it. You were like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm losing health. <laughs> Another like, thing though, that I complained about, I don't have chill. <laughs> was, um, <laughs> Another thing I didn't like were the weird candles, which was in, what was that dungeon game that we Darkest played? Dungeon. Yeah. Darkest Dungeon. I hate it. I hate them. Like, I understand, like, it gives you either a good card, like, free card, or, like, a bad card that may be, like, worse. There was one that was like, wait, why is it giving armor to the enemy? Yeah, that like, was because... another mechanic they didn't explain, really. Yeah, and I was like, why is it? And you're like, because your candle's, like, super low. I just didn't want the candle business. You know, there were so many things I liked about the game. Like, I loved, like, the passive abilities and the runestones and... But there's some things like the weird candles and the gambling where you just roll dice. You know, it wasn't really gambling. You don't even roll dice. It just, it's just... You hate rolls dice. It's yeah. literally text that says you win or Which, you lose. Like, you love gambling in games. Did but you like is, it? No, because it's not real gambling. <laughs> oh, I did, I did it once and I won. Um, but I did it once and that was the last time I did it. But, yeah. <laughs> it's... In all fairness, though, with the weird candles, they have these, like, rocks... The totem things. The weird stones. The weird stones. <laughs> I'm so good with vocabulary today. Uh, but you can get one if you get rid of it. And you can find a couple in a single level. So, I mean. But then there's some guy I keep asking you for them. And you feel bad. And you're like, here you go, I guess. I know, you're getting mad. You're <laughs> like, I, I want my candles. Stop I, taking my candles, I, man. I kind of just got to a point I stopped using them. There's nothing overly punishing for running around in the weirdness you get some random encounters and which can engage you in some extra fights but largely i didn't think anything was too punishing the only punishment you get is in those tainted force cards is that what tainted force i think those little glowy cards so when i I just always call them tainted cards yeah but yeah as you're playing you get these like cards and if your weird your worm candle is high then it gives you good things like reducing enemy armor or whatever. And if it is low, then it gives you bad things. So you kind of want to keep it high for that reason. But then you can just, if you're like having a good run, it they kind of just don't impact you enough because everything else just makes up for them, I felt like. Yeah, I'm actually doing a run where my candle is completely extinguished and I'm still not having much of an issue. Granted, I lowered the difficulty back to difficulty too, but still I'm just like, plowing through everything and it's just like well this really doesn't affect me that much so whatever so i yeah the weird candle aspect gameplay did not bother me that much not only that like i remember my first two runs being like oh i'm almost out of candles but as soon as i got the candle maker and i upgraded like one or two of his abilities i feel like i have candles for days 
And I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, I get like five candles from killing a boss or something like that. Four or five candles. So, like, I just always. And I use up one or two candles per area. Yeah, there was one run. I think I had like 20 plus candles at the end. Yeah. So. I'm really slow at upgrading things. It takes me a long time to play with You're the You're slow in general. <laughs> I'm very slow with the card games. Liz Liz has put, I think, about eight hours, and she's on her fourth run. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, we were talking about this a little bit before. The thing about it is, is even in a, even for me, and I don't generally take a slow run very often. Like, I will slow down if I need to, but I, I keep moving generally, and... I just think it still takes a good hour and a half to do a full run, at least if you're clearing every map, which I I like to do at least until I hit max level because yeah. there's just there's XP to be gained and you can sort of over farm, get way too much, and then it just makes the game that much easier. Yeah, so. the passives you get. So every time you're playing a run, you're leveling up your character with each fight and a character's max level is level 20. And every time you level up you get to pick one of three passives which are essentially like the items you get in any roguelike where they're just buffs and but i think the passive in this game are absolutely fantastic and that's one thing i really enjoyed about tainted grail like i didn't feel like i was a slave to rng in this game because like i never felt like oh i need this passive with this character or my run's gonna be a loss i just felt like anytime i was playing the three passes i could pick every single one was really good so it was just like well i kind of want to go this route and like pick this passive and I just felt like it was always more skilled based as what was going on for me including how I was arranging my deck no but there there certainly was and I don't know that I had I have the right opinion of which ones fall into it necessarily some people do all the math and numbers and everything, but there were definitely like god tier passives and things you could find but you're right like you could pick any one of the three and they were all good choices and they were like, you felt them because so many of them were like every second turn or every third turn, something would happen. And so like it constantly happened and you didn't feel like, oh, I mean, some of them would be like every 12th turn, but it would be every 12th turn. It duplicates a card. Like, Okay. That's actually like a big deal. You could play a big card on that. However, I hated those ones because there was no good, easy way. Again, interface issues <laughs> to look yep. up like. What turn level am I on? If there was just a simple counter in the top right counter. Or- uh, there actually is in the top right counter. Really? There's Yeah, there <laughs> is a list of, it shows like, it shows all your passes in the top right. And the ones that are highlighted are showing you like that it's currently active. Oh. But once again, like you said, it's not intuitive because you have to like press up like four or five times, then write two or three times to get to that corner and then look it up. It's... Yeah, this game's definitely better for PC. They just they just needed a better way for console. Yeah, like I said, just just a number displayed. Like yeah. I think Slay the Spire did a good job at that. Is things that had counters were just a number, and it would count up or down, and and it would just disappear. There wasn't a lot of that. It, it had a counter on some. I remember like the runes. It would even show you some of your runes that are active in the top right. Yes, and those would have numbers on it. Yeah, but like I don't your think passives had counters. Your blocks would. Which, like, Liz, you were talking about this. This is, you know, the block versus the barrier. It was such a simple concept, but it was one of the things I loved about the gameplay is the fact that the blocks were really overpowered. But they were. They, but it was so simple. I, at least I, I, like, I felt like ultimately, you know, again, 30 hours into it, it, it started to just make so much fluid sense. Is like, 
balancing when you had block or barrier and you know how the how it played with your class so i i just really liked the simplicity of either you blocked all damage or you had to rely on that number yeah because it was nice like in slay the spire block essentially was like putting up a temporary like shield so it actually had a number where you'd be like oh i'm putting up a block of five i'm only gonna block five damage permanent in this game yeah in this game yeah barrier is a a permanent unless you're the archer that's the other thing that sucked about the archer class no matter which archer you were barrier only lasted one turn i don't know why and it was so annoying like there was a lot of mechanics that were going on with certain classes and i couldn't figure out why like why is the generic summoner Whenever one of his minions get hurt, you still take one damage. Yeah, and, and I couldn't. I always put a barrier on myself when I started playing the Blood Mage because I just assumed, and then I realized, wait. No, it's only the basic summoner that does it, and I don't know yeah. why. Because even reading his profile page, I didn't read anything about the it. The only thing I can think of is for balancing, because he's the only summoner that can, or they, because you could play a she, I guess. So they're the only summoner class that can have unlimited upgrades. So you know how you can promote your minions is they can upgrade indefinitely. So you could have like a level 25 minion. Yeah. Whereas with the blood mage, they cap at like what level four and then they die. Five. Yeah. I think you can in theory indefinitely promote uh, the other one. I can't remember again. Necromancer. Necromancer. No, I think, I think he only goes up to five as well. No, they, they'll, they'll go above, but they count down because they'll die so it's it's like hard to keep them increasing in level so ultimately i think that's a just a balancing thing that they do for the summoner the blood mage you're also using your health to do stuff so that also makes sense why you wouldn't get knocked like the regular summoner yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't want your minions also attacking you when you're using your health to summon them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or not attacking you. Because also then with the Necromancer, your minions attack you. And they do more damage the higher level you promote them to. So like, you're not taking damage from the enemy, but you are you are taking damage from your minions. But yeah, like with a lack of explaining and how awful the interface is, is why I really hated the Archer class. Because yeah, like I said, everyone was losing barrier when you play an Archer. And I couldn't figure out why. Like I never saw like, oh, the Archer is the only class that loses barrier. At least one of the versions, the the apostate, it says when you lose your barrier, like you get increased damage for the amount of barrier you lose. So it's like, okay, that mechanic makes sense. But the other two would just lose barrier, but wouldn't gain anything from it. And I was just like, this is dumb. I don't, I don't, I don't. I found the archer to be so confusing. Did you notice that the best way to actually look at your runes is on the rune page when you get a new one? Because it gives you the most information there, but you can never get back to that page. Like, you can pull up your character sheet. It doesn't take you to that page. You can't get there unless you are acquiring a new skill. And well, when you open your rune inventory page, it kind of shows you. The the description of the skills on that page is better. In the biggest place in particular, because it's the only one that's the natural one that you don't pick, is for your class. And it was like, I didn't realize with, I think it was, it was the Necromancer class. I didn't realize that your minions attacked you until like i don't know my fourth or fifth run with it because that was the first time i actually read it on that page i had never it doesn't it doesn't explain it that well on the actual selection page either man so long story short if you're a noob you might want to avoid this it it can be tough that's where like it's like i said it's a definite game for me and it's a definite game for i think someone who really likes the style of game 
I, this wouldn't be the roguelike I would recommend to somebody who's never played one, for sure. I just, but I, for me, it's a lot of fun. I felt bad asking Andrew lots of questions. And I, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm but used you to it. You do this because, every game, every week. <laughs> but honestly, yeah, though, very true. like we've talked a lot about it. There's, you shouldn't feel bad asking. I looked up a lot of things, honestly, because there's just like weird little things that don't make sense. So I, I, I think you're perfectly fine to ask questions because this is a type of game that leads to a lot of them because there's no answers within it. I, I don't think I looked up anything online. Which I should have, because I should I would have figured out how to get the ghost a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I think was a little bit underwhelming with this game, though, I thought the environments, and honestly, for the most part, the overall graphics were really bland. Yeah. Like specifically, you walking around the map, honestly, looks like original Xbox or like PlayStation Two graphics. It's really kind of janky, and not only that. Your mini map will show you what, like actual pathing you can do. You'll look and you're like, oh, this is a clearly open field. But then you're like, oh, my character isn't walking forward. There's apparently an invisible wall there. That's. I found it very annoying, actually. Oh yeah. And I also think that, you know, when you're walking around the map, it's just so samey every single time. Yeah. That it's like if you're gonna have like the same kind of layout, like make it look real nice. Like if you're not, like, you're not gonna do like different layouts for you know different characters or different levels or anything like that. Like. Make that one map really nice. I'm sure the map changed a little bit, but it looked the same to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think as a whole. I think it's it's small differences. Like, and I noticed it in one of my mission, my side quests. It said something about the gallows, and I think like in the area they were there, where some other areas might not have them. Like, there's subtle differences, but nothing that I was like, oh wow, I know where I am now. Um, so yeah, I'd, everything just kind of just looks like drab and foggy even when you have your candle it turns a little bit whiter i guess but nothing <laughs> really looks different it's still kind of the same color but just a little bit whiter to make it seem brighter um i thought the character designs were really cool like of the oh enemies. yeah they're very grotesque thought, yeah they're all these weird grotesque looking things all very cool and i think there's like 65 different enemies some of wow. them some of them are slightly variants of each other, but overall they're they're very different and unique. And it, as you start to play more and more of it, you just start to recognize the types of moves they're going to do and what you're getting into when you have that fight. And I think that's kind of a nice thing about it. Yeah. Like even uh, when you're interacting with the NPCs, like some of them, they only have portraits, but a lot of their portraits are very grotesque. Yeah, they're very detailed. And I think yeah. a lot of it looks hand-drawn. I don't know if it's just the style they use. Yeah, it looks it. I thought that, the map, and then when you're actually like playing the cards and you're seeing the characters, they all look so different. Like, they completely different types of design. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, like, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of this art is used in the board game and they just carried it over. But like when it, you're playing, it's crisp, you know, yeah. and then when you're walking around, it's just a different feel. It is. Yeah. The actual combat is kind of cool looking. The actual like character designs are nice. Like, as we said, the character creator is kind of lame. I know you were disappointed in that. Yeah. There's no sliders. So you can't make any grotesque characters. It's just like, here's six options for eyes and okay, that's it. It's, it's you can choose some paints. Nothing cool. Is that, is that going to lower your score a little bit? 
Mm, no, it could have added. <laughs> Character creation can only add to it. I will never, I will never knock a game for it. No, okay. But I, like you said, I agree with you, Keith. I at least love the looks of the monsters. They were really kind of cool looking and grotesque. But yeah, I just wish the environments looked better. I like the what the weirdness did. Like the effect of it made everything look super wavy. That was kind of cool. But I don't know. This game is is I think graphically very underwhelming. Yeah, but, I, th- I think so too. But I at least enjoyed the music. I actually thought the soundtrack, even though not quite huge, I digged a good amount of these songs. You, I definitely noticed when the music changed, and there were some where it just like during the boss fights, it was just like, dang, like, yeah, this it is did a fight. It did like this Nordic barbarian like war chanting music. And yeah, I, I love that song. I yeah. didn't know how to explain cool. it, but that was my favorite one. Every time that came on, I was like, yeah, this is sweet. Like, yeah, it's good boss music. It's really good boss music. Yes. And I also really love the voice acting too. Like I thought that everything fit in this game, but a lot of it was really different. Like the voice acting, which is very like, um, low and kind of like, she kind of sounded sad half the time, but then the music was just so different. And I thought that everything fit really well. Yeah. I love the narrator. She was a really good choice. Like when she would always like kind of read the story of what's going on. And I loved the main guy you interact with the uh the goat who yep. helps you uh, the voice actor for him i thought was there great. was one that i was like that i forget who it was the voice did not fit for me but i mean that's just like my opinion but i mean i just thought that all of the people that you interact with that have voices were really good even if i there's like i said one that i didn't think that fit but i still thought the voice acting was really good i don't know which one it would have been i skipped yeah, a lot sure of them either. but the <laughs> ones that i listened to i thought were pretty good like, I, I thought they did a good job. It was nothing that bothered me about the game. It, it wasn't why I was skipping it. It was just because I wanted to get <laughs> to the next fight. It's like a weird thing. And it, and it's like the the overall weird map layout thing. And just going back to graphics for a second, I guess, is that is I didn't mind it. And there was parts about it that I liked. But I just sort of stared at the mini map. And that was how I moved. So I didn't even yep, bother same here. taking like... It, I, was it you I was saying this to? I think it was. I just wanted to be able to roll. And I don't know why. But when I was running <laughs> like around. Like your character rolling? Yeah. Down. It's almost like, oh, Liz like a and, dodge roll. Yeah. It's like Liz and jumping. Jump. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I just wanted my character to roll. I wanted to walk around that environment and roll. But I couldn't. And I was so disappointed. So I don't know. I like if you're a developer. Want, like a sprint. And you're like, I want to roll. <laughs> make this character roll for no reason. Please and thank you. It's possibly a dance. Make him jig. Ooh, emotes. I mean, the Pied Piper, that that NPC is always just sitting there. Oh, no, it's the Bard. He's always sitting there just dancing the same jig over and over I again. I do like that about the Bard. You can change the music. Oh, yeah, he gives you like a nice little trinket. He's pretty sweet. Well, no, you can change. He comes when he comes back to your town. You can change the music that he plays. Oh, you got. I haven't gotten to my town. Yeah. He's just, he sits oh. by the big statue. Like, it's so funny because I think I have more of that stuff done than you do. I don't know. Well, yes, because I just realized it's because of the ghost. I like, uh. I've had these quests lined up and now that I have the ghost, he's like doing these quests for me. And it's like, well, this is what's been holding me up. <laughs> I awesome. feel so dumb. <laughs> Even though I'm on difficulty four, I'm like farther in difficulty than you. Uh, but what, another great thing that I actually really liked is the achievements. So usually when it comes to a roguelike game, the achievements are generally pretty awful. They're like, oh, you know, beat the game on the max difficulty of 20. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to put 40 plus hours in this game just to get an achievement worth like 50 gamer score. 
But this game actually does it does a fantastic job feeding you achievements as you're going. And some are funny. Yeah, a lot of them are just very obtainable. Funny. Like mm. the titles. Hi, which one was on? I, I think I you're remember, right. I remember. I thought that the, the titles I, were, were funny. No, I I totally believe you. I just don't remember looking at them. Now I want to. Up? I'm going to look it up now. Because, so, yeah, that's really awkward if they're really like somber and stuff. I thought it was this <laughs> game that they so were actually funny. I, I will say, I don't... It's weird to, whether I would say it's still totally an achievement hunter game i guess there's a large majority of them that are just getting to level 20 with each class and it, and it is really largely attainable as andrew said it's it's not overly difficult i think i'm still missing four characters and again i missed one of them on a run that i should have won because i i i did not do some math i had about 100 healing potions and all i had to do was use one and i would have been fine but i didn't use it and that ended <laughs> my run where I may or may not have been at level 19. But anyways, there's there's a lot of those. And yeah, it's, for a roguelike, you can pretty much 100% this game. I yep. think there's one that's kind of difficult to do. And it's the one to win a run with eight cards or less. And the reason that one's the hardest is it's just not easy to ditch cards in this game. Yeah. Some of the funny titles, I, I was correct. Uh, probably not a hoarder. This little light of mine. Um, there's stuff like that that I just thought were really funny. I guess you guys didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> I like them. It's it's not that I don't think they're funny, Liz. I they're do. I just didn't know funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't say this game's great for achievement hunters, but as far as roguelikes go, I think this game is one of the better roguelikes for achievements. Because yeah, anytime you get a class to level twenty, which as you said, there's nine classes. That's 50 gamer score. Like, that's a significant gamer score. And it's like, sweet. So, it's a lot of them are very attainable. And, but if you're looking for time to beat, main story is looked about 28 hours. And if for completionist, you're looking at like 52 hours, which, you know, this is a typical roguelike. So, how is that? Is that just, is that because of all the side quests, I guess? Yeah. Doing like saving all the NPCs and getting the villagers and then fighting the final Cause, boss. Because I've got to the true boss, I think. Yeah, I've gone to the true boss. Because, yeah, I, I spent my three worm hearts or whatever, weird hearts. But there's, did you save all the NPCs? There's like 13 in the wilderness. No, I haven't done that. So is there, do you fight the true yeah. boss after saving them? Yeah, because once I did that, the guy was saying like, oh, I don't have my memories. You need to like save all the people and fix their problems for me to get my memories back. Uh, so there's like a, okay. a way to continue. Yeah. I gotcha. But uh, getting into our final thoughts here, Keith, go first. So... I, I, I mean, I guess when I looked at this game, I didn't really know much about it. But I said, all right, I'll give it a try. You've got my attention, roguelike. Yeah, and the description <laughs> said roguelike. Yeah. And I, when I saw that, I was like, he's going to pick this game. <laughs> if, any, if anybody's curious of a timeline, I think it was like the day after the day after I started playing is, is when I created my funny meme that I made on the Twitter. Um, so go look at that. And I think that's like a date stamp for you. But I, <laughs> I picked this up and... And it, it just immediately drew me in because it had a lot of the simplicity of Slay the Spire, but it felt just slightly different. And I think that even though there's three main classes, every subclass felt like such a different run because how they played and the way you used your cards was all so different that it just it made it feel fun. But it also wasn't the type of game where or what some roguelikes do where it's like, I don't even want to say punishing, I guess, but you started a run. 
30 seconds, it's over, whatever. Most of these runs would last me 30, 40 minutes, sometimes, you know, an hour and a half if I, if I end up winning the run. And I enjoyed that. It, it, it made it feel gratifying and it felt like I was really building something because it also is somewhat, somewhat easy. And that's kind of a nice feature to it. It's overall pretty simple. So I don't think it does anything game breaking, but it is something just so nice as someone who's a fan of roguelikes. And I, I don't think you can miss this if you like this genre. If you don't, the game doesn't do a good job explaining. Go start with something way easier. Um, game Pass has hundreds of them, I feel like, and we've done all of them. So, so you're telling people play a different roguelike before you get into this roguelike? If, if you've never played one, yeah. Okay. I think if you're familiar enough with it and just like kind of how the genre works of it, it's not as hard to like fumble your way through, but there's just a lot of weird aspects to it that the game doesn't tell you and you don't even know to look for unless you're familiar with this style of game. So all in all, I I think I I think I'd say 90. Yeah, 90 feels like a good score for me. I'm going to go with that. So, I agree with a lot you said there, Keith. Uh I enjoyed Tainted Grail quite a bit. I think this for me this game is very similar to Slay the Spire, which I'm a huge fan of Slay the Spire. I enjoyed kind of the open world aspect. I love the RPG aspect. I love actually leveling up my character, getting these passes. The passes were super great. I felt like this was a nice roguelike that just wasn't punishing because, you know, I just wasn't getting the buffs I needed or I wasn't getting the cards I needed. It definitely felt like this game was a lot more skill-based. And not only that, I love the diversity. You know, nine classes and each one has a good, like, 30 passes you can unlock by playing them. So this game had a ton of progression, ton of things to unlock ton of different classes you can play as so it definitely mixed things up and i it really had a lot of fun with it you know got to see a good amount of the same enemies but you know that wasn't too big of a deal graphics were kind of a disappointment but the music at least was good and i i loved the lore like the actual world was cool and i thought the story was interesting uh, for me though i think the bugs kind of put me down a little bit so i think we to give it an 85 if they can fix some of those bugs yeah I think this would be better. I do just also wish this game taught you more. Luckily, I, I mean, I mean, I'm usually pretty observant and can figure things out pretty quick. But I know that'll that'll be a hang up for a lot of people when it comes to this game. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't just say go play Slay the Spire because it's like I don't want to say the easy version of this because it's not easy, but it it teaches you how to play it so much better. <laughs> so go. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to try this game, go play Slay the Spire first because that's also an awesome game, and probably just go play it anyways. Anyways. Go ahead, sorry, Liz. <laughs> I think for me that my favorite part of this game was the story. I enjoyed the gameplay, but I think I'm going to give it an 88 because I did enjoy it, but I just didn't find it addicting. There was never a point where I was like, oh, I can't wait to play this game. So I think there were just a couple of things that kind of bothered me, and I just I actually thought it was weird that I didn't like the game more. So... I didn't know what to rate it, to be honest. So I'm gonna give it an 88 because I think it's I think it's a good game. Your rating always kind this of is, like this catches me off guard. I was, Why? I don't I don't I don't I wasn't gonna say the same thing, but that was the least enthusiastic 88 I've ever heard. Like you felt disappointed <laughs> well, to give it an 88. I, I feel like I'm giving it a score where I'm like, I feel like it deserves like a higher score, but I also just didn't enjoy my time as much this week. And that's what I mean. And I don't think it's 
I don't think it's the game's fault, but is it the? I I don't know. And that's what I was like, kind of blows my mind. Like I'm watching you play, and I feel like you're complaining. You would play for like an hour or two, and you're just like, ah, I just need to stop right now. And like I felt like I was enjoying my time the most. Like like playing this game, like I really enjoyed it, and you apparently like it more than me. Yeah, that's why I'm mostly just surprised that you gave it an 88. Like, it feels high, and and it's fine. You're entitled to your score. I'm not even, like, giving you crap for it. I just am surprised by it. I didn't know, because, like, there were times where I was like, I really do like the gameplay. I really do like the story, but I'm just not feeling it, and so I didn't know. I'm like, I don't want to give it a low score, because I was, like, in a funk this week. It, was I in a funk? Was it the game that gave me the funk? I don't know. <laughs> so I would rather score like a little bit higher. I also didn't get any bugs or anything. And for me, like I really did like the music and the voice acting. And I feel like the things that I didn't like were kind of nitpicky stuff, like the candles. Like the candles weren't that big of a deal, but it's like I really didn't like them. <laughs> I had to complain about it this episode. <laughs> But looking at uh, Metacritic, it's TBD all around. Yeah, this is a pretty new game. There's like one positive review, but it's not written. So one in the green. <laughs> Wait, do, do, did we actually say gamer score? Oh, for achievements? Yeah. Huh? No. I don't, I I don't actually know if I beat you or not. I was just pretty proud of mine because I think I had like 750. Seriously. He's uh, like, of course, Liz would forget the week that I did really, 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 <laughs> really well really and good, played 30 guys. hours. Can you please... <laughs> Can you please notice me? Well, I know I got the achievement of beating the uh, tutorial boss. So you didn't get that one. I did. I went back and I did it. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. And I think there's uh, actually I, a way to do I it did without. Not get that I one. think it's actually. No, that I, I don't know. That's the way I, I did it. I went back and did it. I I got 435 gamer score. Ugh, that's nothing. I have seven. <laughs> yeah, I have 750. Oh my oh. gosh, Keith! <laughs> Jeez. There was, so there's one of them. <laughs> I did play this a lot. Well, there there was a couple of them I tried for. Uh, there was the one for doing like over 3,000 damage on a hit. Which I did. I don't know how I did not get that achievement. I, 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 I don't know. It worked for me at least. I can say that. Yeah, I, I had an item where it was like, I think every time I killed an enemy, it like got an extra 100% damage or something. And I found a boss that just kept summoning enemies. And so I just kept killing those things over and over and over and over again until I did over 3,000 damage. It was it was a good, like, 10-plus minute fight. It was a long, long fight. Uh, just um, pull Liz and give it to yourself. You're still <laughs> you not go. beating Keith, so... Yeah, there you go. You're, you're still second place, I guess. But yeah, there was, I don't know, but it was, it was kind of fun. Like there was also the one where it was like beat a run in under 15 fights. Like I was actually like counting out how to add more to my fight and make things worth it. It was, I I actually thought the achievements were kind of fun, but none of them were actually all that difficult. I, I, I think the one that I think is not even unattainable, but just difficult is that one to beat it with eight cards. But I actually think if you can get under eight cards with the right deck, it's probably super easy. Oh Yeah. Anywho, that's all. I was just proud of myself. <laughs> all right, Good so we're going to wrap it up here. Good job, Keith. Give Woo! it up for Keith. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Everyone else holds your applause. Thank you. <laughs> Especially if you're driving. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Please, if you have any game recommendations, please email us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com. Please make sure you follow us on Facebook at GBGBPod and at Twitter at GBGBPod. 
where we will put polls up for listener picks. So please cast your vote and help us figure out what we're going to play next. I've been your hardcore gamer, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird0152. And I've been Keith. Nothing again this week. <laughs> and I'm Liz the Noob, Gamertag, comment on Dean. I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob, Noob is EW. And the entire time Andrew was talking, I kept thinking about Keith's meme about the CVS receipt. <laughs> yeah. You know, Keith, it, there's, we probably have some listeners out there that are just like, man, maybe Keith's going to say something interesting for an outro for once. And then you don't. And they're like, ah, maybe next week. No. And you just disappoint him, Keith. I don't. If you've listened to this for almost an hour and I just disappointed you, you're welcome. <laughs> because you deserved that. There is so much better things to listen to before that. This is why no one gives Keith reviews. I love you anyway, all. Thank you all so much for joining us. We love you all. We'll see you again next week. Bye. Guys. Bye. Thank you.